Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Twitter space of the first Twitter space of the year 2023 by co-hosted with Grace here. And I will let Grace introduce herself and the space of the day. Yes, hi. I'm so excited to be hosting this first Twitter space for DressX. In case you don't know me, I'm Grace Robinson and I am the host of the What Even Is Fashion Technology podcast. And I'm really excited to kick off this first episode with our amazing guests. So we'll be discussing um, if fashion NFTs will continue to revolutionize fashion in 2023. So we've got some guests today that will, um, yeah, are really relevant in the space. I'm really excited for you to hear them. So just some logistics before we kick off. So the talk will be around 45 minutes. Um, we have some questions to kind of lead the chat. So we're going to focus on those and focus on the speakers for the first 30 minutes of the session. And then at the end, we will invite anyone who wants to come on to ask a question or share your ideas at the end. So if you are interested in um, saying something, then yeah, just hold off till the end. But I can already start by introducing the guests we have today. So we have Amina Metti, who is the CEO and founder of Crown Studio, the digital fashion house that's creating utility-driven content for the metaverse. We have Roman, uh, who's the founder of Virtual Rags and also a creative producer at UNXD. So he's building bridges between physical, digital and mental. And then last but not least, we also have Lily, um, who's the award-winning digital fashion and XR specialist and also the founder and CEO of Genera. So this is a digital fashion platform that's on a mission to enable, enable creators to explore and create their virtual identities within the metaverse. So it's really exciting. So welcome to our speakers. Um, I don't know if you want to introduce yourselves as well or if there's anything you want to add before we go into the questions. Uh, thank you, Grace, uh, for the beautiful introduction. Yeah, I, for, for my end, I'll just like to add a little bit about what I've done. Uh, so Virtual Rags is a studio that I've founded a little bit over than two years ago. And uh, since then, we have uh, managed to work with uh, both the small and the big brands in the fashion industry, ranging from uh, just the up-and-coming uh, artists' merch labels uh, down to Vogue Italia for their Vogue talents and huge platforms like Goat uh, and brands of the more traditional sector of fashion like Steve Madden, Alexander McQueen and some others. And with UNXD, uh, which I joined uh, earlier in spring 2022, uh, yeah, we have been so far... Uh, working really, really hard on the DG family project with Dolce & Gabbana, which 
uh, is probably still the number one uh, law-breaking uh, project, if that makes sense, in the space. But uh, there is also mm. a partnership with Jacob and Call that's been announced, but is soon to be released, and some other projects down the line that I cannot share so far. But uh, mm. yeah, it's been an interesting journey so far. Yeah, sounds amazing. Can't wait to hear more about all of this. Um, Amina or Lily, would you like to say anything before we kick off the questions? Sure, sure. Hi, everyone. Um, and thanks, Grace, for this intro. It's super exciting to be here. Uh, well, I will just join in with Roman and kind of um, share a tiny bit more about what we do. And I think it's just so cool that, um, you know, you guys at JuraSex uh, made this platform possible because I think the whole kind of future of, of this landscape is about community and sharing knowledge and skills. So this is such a great opportunity that everyone else can listen in. Um, what we do at Genera is also quite exciting. I think that virtual self-expression is key for everyone. And I think that there should be more platforms that enable creators to truly engage with digital outlets and, you know, customize or co-create them. So I would just like to really, really invite anyone who's interested in our global access. That's coming end of January and, and anyone kind of try out our studio and make some cool digital fashion and get ready for what we have this year. Uh, we really want to enable um, the users or the players to kind of have fun, have a good experience with creating digital outfits and then take them and wear them in, well, whatever platforms we, we build our bridges towards. So I think it's just a really interesting um, opportunity to, to understand that everyone is creative and how creativity can be democratized. Amazing, amazing. So Amina? Do you want to say anything and then we can kick it off? Of course, last but definitely not least, hopefully. <laughs> not <laughs> um, at all. <laughs> yes. Uh, so hi, everyone. I'm Amina Mehdi. It's so great to see so many friends on here. It's so exciting to say hi to everyone. And, you know, before I introduce myself, I want to thank DressX for this wonderful opportunity. And Grace, thank you as well for this wonderful opportunity. Um, yeah, so I'm the founder and creative director of Crown. And we are a digital fashion studio as well as a tech solution provider. And what we really do is, you know, we design digital fashion that is impossible to recreate in real life. Um, we're an imaginative, imaginative gamified luxury streetwear brand, as well as a, um, you know, end-to-end -end solution for other designers entering the Web3 space. And we offer everything from product development up until distribution channels. Right. So we've worked up until now with London Fashion Week designers, New York Fashion Week designers, some creators from Japan, Hong Kong, Dubai, all over the world. And we are very, very excited to be a part of this wonderful space and to keep creating together. So I'm really looking forward to discussing this topic about how we can just keep pushing fashion forward in in this new in this new year. Amazing. Some impressive guests for sure. Um, so amazing. So now we can obviously go into the discussion. So will NFTs continue to revolutionize fashion in 2023? So obviously it's no denying that the past two years, the past two to three years have really seen the rise of NFTs generally. Um, and obviously this has completely shifted the way that consumers interact with fashion. And it's obviously platform like DressX and then all the work that you guys are doing as well that is helping to drive this evolution, like you said. And then it's now said that in 2023 that the biggest shift for NFTs and fashion NFTs will be going from hype to utility. So as a kind of a general question to kick it off, 
do you agree that this will be the biggest shift? How about we start with Amina? So how will it be going from NFT hype to more utility in 2023? I definitely think so. Um, because if you look at NFT, the strongest NFT communities at the moment, right? Um, the the ones that have shown to be most successful are the ones that actually truly believe in the brand and especially in the tough times of the market stick to the brand and continue pushing it forward and you know are active within that community so although the nft and web3 world kind of had its explosive explosionary you know like boom growth from the bull market and a lot of it was hype you know we still to be honest see a lot of um big brands and fashion companies and, you know, just generally big brands coming into the space and trying to leverage that. And, you know, I often say they use it for PR and marketing um, because it's all about hype, right? But as a long-term perspective, even as a medium, uh, you know, in the next few years, I definitely think that that's not a very sustainable strategy. I think the space calls for transparency, calls for responsibility. We hold people accountable for everything they set as an objective. And, you know, as the space progresses, and it's doing that every single day, right? Um, we've seen major progressions in the space in the span of a few months. Um as we continue to grow, definitely, I think people are going to start to focus on utility. They're going to be more aware of the space and, you know, more literate of everything that's happening. And I definitely think that, you know, it, we're going to focus on utility and community. Yeah. Does any of the other guests want to add something to this or say your opinion? Uh, oh, I'm happy to jump in. Oh, sorry. So go ahead. Sorry. We can start oh. with you, Lily. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh, I'm so not used to that, seeing faces. Um, well, the problem with me is that when somebody says what will be the main utility, then I immediately think of three. But I do think it's important to kind of um, have a little, you know, recap of, okay, so what, what went down in 2022? There were lots of different opportunities to you know, um, engage current audiences or reach out to new audiences from business stakeholders using NFTs. And I think there were some really, really good examples. But I think that the long-term effect is really just about to unfold this year. Because if you talk about loyalty programs, for example, you can only see the results of loyalty, you know, if some certain time is kind of passing. So I'm really excited to see how the loyalty programs will unfold further. How can brands leverage what they started in the, the narratives that they started last year and how they can like continuously keep those communities engaged who bought into these kind of like engagement plans, I guess. And the other thing is uh, protecting intellectual property for creators. So I think I'm not saying something new when I, when I kind of highlight that. People want to be more engaged in creative processes. Uh, there is, you know, a rise in user generated content for virtual assets. Um, so I think the real utility that would truly kind of add value to this process and in general, this kind of user-led economy is going to be how NFTs can protect the IP of these creations. For example, a simple example, the industry standard digital fashion software, Clo3D, is also about to introduce this service because obviously creators are using the software to make new digital assets. So I think that utility perspectives, there's just endless opportunity for them. But I think what could be really cool to see is how 
brands and business stakeholders engage with this technology can avoid the mistakes that happened in the in the past year and really truly consider when is the right time to introduce this and what does the actual audience expect it to become on the long term so they have to start focusing on the long-term utilities and the perks for the holders instead of a short-term monetary value um, the, the third one is the intricate acquisition. I really like this idea of experiential shopping. So if you think about, okay, I bought this NFT, and then eventually I will get access to a physical item. And then there's like an unfolding story that is becoming your acquisition kind of journey to get the products that you were promised as part of utility to this NFT. So I think everything kind of revolves around how these narratives will lead the audiences, the customers, and how they will kind of keep engaged and be engaged more through an experiential experience. Wow, experiential experience. So these are the top three utilities that I think will dominate this year. And I'm really excited to hear what you guys think about them. Mm. I just want to ask you, Lily, because obviously it's so true what you're saying, but I also think one of the biggest barriers is also um, just kind of educating the communities around this utility. How do you think that? How do you think that education can be brought in and actually educating the communities on the utility rather than just having the hype? Oh sure, I, I think like even this podcast or this Twitter space right now is a good example of how education is possible by creating accessible sources of information, knowledge exchange, where anyone can join in and truly kind of listen to other perspectives or even ask questions. I think obviously I'm not saying something new when I mentioned Discord is a great kind of space where you can literally just ask your you know, questions or something that you don't understand from your community members. But if we go to the theoretical level, then it's simple, it's terminology. I think that educating customers should be more informing them, but education, information becomes education when you have to really explain them something they don't understand. And I think that often these rapid strategies and activations have a have a fault on using too much technological terminology that's not necessarily needed. I quite like the idea of how, for example, Instagram is approaching NFT adoption by starting to call it collectibles, digital collectibles. So I think that the key to educating or informing the users on the utilities that will, these NFTs will hold will lie on terminology, so how we actually speak about these, and then accessibility to the information. Yeah, it's really interesting. So staying on this idea of going from hype to utility, what do you think is the biggest factor that's going to facilitate this transition? Roman, maybe you can jump in with your ideas here. Yeah, thank you for passing the word. So uh, honestly, the girls before me have uh, really covered it pretty well. But uh, from my personal perspective, uh, working in different like ranges of projects, I'd say in the past uh, year, I still have some insight to share. So uh, not to go too deep into uh, the technicalities and the details, I'll probably share my perspective more from like the uh, behavioral uh, aspect and just from what I've seen uh, being both uh, above and within the communities that we've worked with. So the first well, uh, factor is uh, pretty obvious, not very deep, is what we've seen this year is that uh, most of the projects uh, that are naturally just virtual, we've seen them simply become boring and 
uh, the utility, quote unquote, that they have provided was uh, honestly pretty speculative, and it had it might or might not happen ever. It has no deadline, and founders were really using this <laughs> strategy to just promising but never actually delivering, covering this up by something still being not really well developed, which doesn't really make sense and people got bored. So, uh, uh, but at the same time, I've seen some great examples when, uh, as another factor, uh, when the roadmaps or maybe just certain mechanics or parts of those projects have actually been changed in real time according to communities' demands. Uh, that were held as uh, pretty methodical, organized feedback sessions in discords, for instance, and the project's teams just listening actively and finding some solutions. And uh, that happened even with, uh, with D- within the DG family project a little bit. Uh, and what helped uh, brands and projects that launch NFT uh, projects with this was uh, exactly the bear market that started and uh, teams were not, they did not really have to rush things uh, and communities that were passionate about uh, the projects, they were patient enough to wait and it led to some conversations being opened. And so what happened uh, from at least what I've seen is that in many cases, uh, it worked two ways. Uh, communities have seen that they actually have power and strength to uh, affect how, where the project will go and direct. And on the other uh, uh, side of things, uh, uh, teams that launch projects, uh, they learned that the only way to grow a community is to be in the community and build from within rather than trying to connect people from above by just feeding them some sort of a product. And, uh, and another thing uh, with communities, which was pretty fun to see. So when launching some projects, we were, uh, were helping other teams launch projects. We were aiming at uh, a brand's already existing audience uh, that buy their clothes, for instance. Uh, but then it happened the other way around. And what we've seen that actually the majority of the community in, in fact, then consisted of the digital natives who they were not even clients of the brand or let alone they most of them weren't even really identifying themselves as fashion enthusiasts at all. And those people were introduced into a more traditional space, which is which was an important uh, outtake that we've seen. And uh, yeah, probably the last point is uh, what can facilitate this change this year uh, will be that uh, this transition, in my opinion, is set to start happening this year. It will take years, maybe two, three, I think, not simply just 2023, but it will start because uh, some of the most important projects today uh, in the space are ones that are led or backed by a physical brand that has a proven history of success in the real world. And people who choose to become parts of these projects by minting their NFTs, they expect that even if, let's say, some aspects of projects might not be executed perfectly due to not having experience in this specific field, what they will at least have perfect is the utility part of things because 
brands have proven already to be capable of before. Uh, so, mm. yeah, and the recipe that I've seen work out uh, for some projects was that uh, the digital was only used as the glue between physical and experiential and real sense of belonging and uh, support from holders uh, when it came from when they were able to take part in shaping the product and uh, the real flex uh, for uh, holders and for supporters of luxury brands today is shifting to be uh, flexing, taking part in launching the products other than uh, owning the products or just simply buying them. So, Yeah, I think it's really, it, what you're saying is really reminding me of the fact that it's also important to address the fact that obviously the whole landscape of Web3 and everything like this just and you, collectors of nfts they've really had their confidence shaken over um certain public scandals things like this with nfts also just the whole rise of the metaverse and things like ar vr it's undoubtedly gonna shape the future of fan, fashion nfts good or bad so it kind of relates to what you're saying so what do you think the biggest challenge will be for digital native brands and fashion nfts in 2023 maybe amina you can jump in on this one to kick off so just to double check what would be the biggest challenges right for the space yes exactly um i think you know the market's still not at its peak right so i think it will be definitely difficult for smaller creators and you know to get into the space and actually leverage its potential. Um, but I do think that, you know, on the other hand, it has its own benefits, which is just weeding out the people that are just there for the hype, as we mentioned previously. Um, at the same time, I think we've got a lot to work with in terms of community. Um, and, you know, I always stress this whenever, whenever I talk about community, it's like, we still don't really, I mean, we try to, and some, some brands really do that well, some projects do that really well. Um, which is to upkeep their community, to kind of stay active, to offer them what they need. But I think that we can definitely improve with that every day, um, improve channels, improve, uh, you know, communications and improve the way we interact with community. Um, and at the same time, you know, something that's been very recent is uh, AI, right? Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's curious how we could integrate it. Um, I think the biggest challenge, and I mean, and honestly, it's like that every year in this space, is to not get lost in the many different hype and, um, you know, trends that are happening and to kind of stay on top of your game and at the same time leverage what is being offered to you, um, you know, in the space, right? So as is the case with AI, for instance, right? How can you, as a, say, a digital fashion designer, leverage its creative capabilities in, you know, brainstorming or design and, you know, product development? How can you integrate AI with your product development to increase productivity and creativity, right? So I think that would be um, something that we could look forward to and that could also be challenging, um, you know, but from my perspective, it really is just keeping your head in the game and not getting lost in all the different currents of new information that's being thrown at you every week, really. Mm. It's very true. And like the changing landscape is so relevant with things like AI. And it'll be interesting to see how that can be integrated for sure. Lily, do you have an opinion on what 
the biggest challenge for fashion NFTs will be in 2023? Oh, yeah. Well, I have an opinion on so many things. Probably I shouldn't. Um, no, but it's just there has been just so many good points before me. I think what I might want to address, and it, I feel like it's the elephant in the room in every conversation where, you know, digital fashion and skins and, and anything that perhaps be um, is mentioned and its interoperability or the idea of it. Um, I think that there has been a lot of projects last year where an NFT purchase would enable the owner, you know, to have access to different kind of skins or, or just 3D files that um, they could ideally use in all kinds of different scenarios where, you know, they want to use um, this file format for expressing themselves. And I think um, because it's a race with technology and technology is kind of our biggest enemy, and, you know, you cannot expect a huge change this year. But I do think that I would really kind of like to see some advancements on how companies like us or even brands, business stakeholders are approaching this kind of problem. If you look at the Metaverse Fashion Week and, you know, the reception, how it went down last year on the central end and the announcements that they have made recently. And, and basically their messaging is that this year is going to be bigger, better, more interoperable. So I do find it interesting how there's a lot of focus around what would that actually mean and how could it actually improve the user experience or the customer experience when you actually purchase an NFT and, and you are promised, as Roman was talking about these promises, I think there has been a lot of promise around different kind of NFT utilities, especially with the interoperability or, hey, we give you the files, go and do something with it. But most users don't know how to handle 3D files. So I would really like to see some beautiful examples. Um, for example, I think XR Couture did recently a very nice NFT job where you know they just gave you an outfit with five different avatar types. So how will this actually unfold? How can we streamline? How can it be scalable? So more and more brands and technology partners engage in it. I think for me, that's one of the biggest challenge, but also the biggest opportunity uh, to look forward to this year. Yeah, and how are you planning to kind of tackle this within your own platform? Oh, okay. If I'm going there, how? Well, we have a couple of different strategies. It's actually really, really exciting. We're planning something big for Q1, so for this like next three months. I think there are many approaches to do this. Um, one could be just preparing, you know, our assets that the users are playing with and designing on, so that they can take it themselves. But that kind of goes back to the point I made that you know you could give them outfits, you could give them five formats, but I think uh, most of the game pipelines that enable third-party content are really technical to use. There are whole business models around, you know, kind of addressing that kind of whole pipeline. So I'm much more excited on how our technical teams can bridge the gap between our platform and certain platforms that are really close to us by actual technological advancements that we are already working on. I cannot reveal too much, but I do believe that this uh, advancement will happen on a case-by-case -case basis, one step at a time, seeing really truly what the code enables us to do. There is a lot to do. There are more kind of like steps that platforms can take towards each other. I do find it often, it's not even about technology. It's about kind of politics. 
then it's about revenue share. So if you are able to bridge to a platform, perhaps they don't want to disrupt their own business model because obviously then there will be some kind of financial agreement between the two platforms. So I do think it's a multifaceted problem and it's only possible to move ahead in this field if you're finding partners that are willing to collaborate with you and wanting to build these experimental bridges to truly uncover how we can improve our users' experience. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. I. I want to go into the um, audience questions because I'm mindful we only have 15 minutes, but I want to ask you all if you can kind of in a nutshell give us the one um, thing to focus on to really drive uh, utility for 2023 with fashion NFTs. So Amina, we'll start with you. Hopefully my question is clear. Let me know if not. I'm really sorry. Could you please repeat that? <laughs> yeah, I put it in far too many words. But in a nutshell, for 2023, what is the what is your main focus to drive utility for your NFTs? Oh, okay. Yeah. No. So um, the way it works with us, right? So we're balancing our own kind of collection as well as you know offering the service of creating utilities for other creators and brands right entering the space so the way we try to do it is we try to watch i mean first i'll start with what we offer clients right so when we offer these um creation capabilities to our clients we usually watch for what they're interested in and we leverage that so for instance you know if if a designer is entering the space they have a community for instance we worked with one of uh, our clients from Japan and what they were so keen on was this like effect of the rainbow and you know presenting that they are LGBT but they are from a very conservative kind of culture and they kind of wanted to emphasize that and you know we tried to find different ways that we could leverage that you know and we could kind of attract that kind of community because it stays true to the you know, core values of the brand, right? So that's kind of how we view utility. It's almost as if looking at the core values of who you want to represent in the space, what you are a part of, and then, you know, using tech to kind of best showcase that. And, you know, with our own in-house collection, our own local collection of the, the hoodies, 891 hoodies, that's essentially what we've kind of tried to do. We're, we are you know, emphasizing the creativity aspect of it. And, you know, because of that, we are currently working on, um, you know, on this, um, we don't even have a name for it yet, honestly. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's like a generator where every holder of our NFTs will be able to access in order to customize and create their own clothing as part of Crown. Right. So that's, again, like a utility that we will offer. And it's something that leverages the belief of crown which is creativity and imagination and and innovation so i think that's that's something that we really value when it comes to utility and that's honestly how we represent ourselves and um, our clients that choose us in the space i love that yeah and it's really bringing in the community creating that personalization which is yeah it's definitely something that's needed in order to solidify how people see it so i love it uh, Roman or Lily, do you want to add anything before we go into listener questions? Um, maybe just a little bit. It's like an overall thought of everything I've been trying to uh, think of going into this year, what can be changed or even if not changed, how the focus can be uh, working on the projects that are either already in motion or the new ones. 
So I, I had a thought that uh, basically with any technology, especially any new technology, uh, which NFT, let's treat it as a technology uh, from this standpoint. Uh, in the very beginning where we are now, uh, tech uh, leads the conversation and the experience follows. So everyone is focusing on the technology side of things and not really thinking of uh, what the experience is on the other end of the user. Like with computers before, it was all marketed from a standpoint of what chip it uses, what processor it has, and stuff like that. Right now, most of us owning computers or phones, we don't really know what the tech is inside. Uh, but we just value the experience. And this is, I think, what comes with mass adoption. So going further into this year, what I like to focus on uh, is uh, thinking of how to uh, stop focusing on the specific tech that we are wanting to use in the project. What chain will it be? And uh, stuff like this. And really focus on the experience, honestly, and start to try looking at launching projects from a standpoint of those who are going to actually receive uh, the product and partake in it. And obviously, especially since the... Uh, well, the pandemic thing has uh, lost its trend a little bit and the world has pretty much reopened from what I've seen uh, surrounding me uh, <laughs> physically. I think uh, we really need to focus on how to connect uh, everything we make within the NFT projects to physical experiences and products and ideally try to focus on the physical first and then tying it uh, let's say as a proof of ownership, for instance, uh, featured uh, on chain to a, to, a, to a digital experience, but not market uh, the membership that people get from entering the NFT project from a standpoint of, yeah, it's just something digital and then you might get to experience something in real life. I, I believe we should try and put the narrative a little bit vice versa <laughs> this time. If I can jump in just very shortly, because I know that Grace, you want to take audience questions. I have only one thing to add, and that is I'm so excited to see uh, what platforms come out today or this year with creator capabilities. I know I cannot shut up about creation, but really it's just so, so exciting to see how, you know, communities are being liberated by, they always wanted to add to the virtual space, but they just didn't have the tools. And I think it's really cool to see for example, Zero Ten coming out with their customization suit that they announced over Christmas, or of course our platform, or you know fabricants' capabilities. So I think it's just really cool to see that more and more digital service providers are eager to open up their uh, tools, uh, and that kind of facilitates some level of customization for the users, which I think is something that's really really needed, like democratization of creativity to through Web to 2.5.3 technologies is going to be, I think, the wanting to really look out for this year. So I would really encourage everyone to really truly ask a question, how much they can author their virtual identity? How much, of, uh, how much ownership do they have over how they express themselves on different platforms? And should they be demanding more democratic tools, more democratic platforms? Because I think they should. 
I think it's going to be a super exciting landscape of um, more and more people uh, releasing their creativity. Yeah, I love what you're saying. It really goes into this idea that when now people are really wanting to buy into so much more than just buying one physical garment or a digital garment. It's like you want to buy into the whole experience and have your own input into it and the personalization as well. So I love what you're saying and it's really interesting. Um, yeah, if, if, if none of you have anything else to add, I think we can definitely start to take any questions or any comments from the audience so you can raise your hand if you want to be invited up as a speaker I'll also check to see my requests just be checking it I apologize for my this is my first time on Twitter spaces so I'm still getting used to the interface but I am doing my best so we we have uh, Asia the bird who requested to come on stage and ask a question. I just I just approved your request. Yes, thank you. Hello, hello. Um, my name is Asia. Um, you call me Asia the bird. Asia doesn't matter. Um, in regards to just with uh, this whole discussion with you know metaverse fashion, I think it's really really cool to see that you know, where fashion is really evolving, where fashion is going. And I definitely believe AI is going to definitely play a role in regards to metaverse fashion, especially with AR's concern. But I think one of the things, one of the questions that I would like to ask is, you know, anybody could uh, answer this question. Where do you foresee regarding metaverse fashion, like in like five or 10 years, you know, possibly that's, that's uh, my question regards to that. Um, I'm happy to jump in if if I can, Grace. Yes, go for it. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's so interesting question because people, you know, kind of see that today's landscape of digital fashion already futuristic. Let alone thinking about that far future of five to ten years. Um, I think it's really hard to predict, but most of the kind of advancements will be derived from technology, right? So if you think about, you know, how we were interacting with our laptops or phones five to 10 years ago, then see how radically, I guess, that changed and evolved and technology is always exponential. So in the next five to 10 years, obviously what I'm really excited about is how uh, hardware will evolve, how uh, displays, holographic displays will evolve and how can finally augmented reality become you know, a more seamless integrated technology in our everyday lives that we can experience through not just our phones, but something more lightweight, wearable, uh, you know, living freedom. So, for example, the smart glasses is definitely coming in five to ten years. And I think that um, if you look at how smart devices today are integrated into our lives, if this will be the, you know, the trend, then I think that digital wearables, for example, or, or the notion of metaverse fashion will not be any more metaverse fashion. It will be just an extension of how we experience fashion on each other. I don't think there is a need to really distinguish between physical and digital if you're not really looking to get warm in a Patagonia jacket. 
if it's just about expressing yourself and see how those perceive you as a member of society, then I think it's not going to be metaverse fashion anymore. I think it's just going to be fashion as it is, self-expression as it is, as it's best, but extended and expanded through new means of technology that enable a more seamless integrations of new experiences into our everyday lives. So it is for me really all about how technology will form society's approach to this whole landscape. Yeah, thank you so much. And especially with the platforms and, you know, I love what you guys are doing, Dress Sexes, because what you guys are really doing is really, really innovative. And what's so what's so remarkable about fashion today is that, you know, I like how technology is getting so advanced to the point where, especially with AR, like it's some it, the, the exclusivity is is there, you know, not only to help people, you know, fashion, not only to help people, you know, express themselves. But I like the uniqueness that each brand gives, like Crown Studio, um, Genera, what, what you guys are doing. You know, I, I really, really appreciate what you guys are doing and, you know, providing another way of wearing fashion to express themselves. So, yeah, thank you so much for the question, for the answer. Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. That was such a great question. Um, I see... Someone else has been invited to speak, the mustache. So do you have a question as well? You can go ahead. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, this is a, a great space. I, I had a question regarding how do we take digital fashion NFTs more mainstream this year? Because one of the things I and I and maybe this is just my perception is like we're in, in like a little bubble of like the same people buy. You see the same people in spaces. And so like what are you doing? Like do you think Instagram, TikTok – play a role in taking digital fashion more mainstream and how are you using it to to get to more customers or more users uh like i've seen filters in some cases but like sometimes the technology is not there and like it's a little tricky like what are the things you see happening like do you think that's important and two what are you doing to kind of take this more mainstream that other brands could approach and do that is working because i think that's one thing that i wonder and am struggling with and thinking about this year is like how do we take our brand and what we're doing in digital fashion out of the bubble and get it more mainstream and like is instagram or tiktok even the right choice or avenue like what are you doing how are you approaching that i guess amina you can go yeah, so this is a really great question. And, you know, actually it answers one of the questions we had during this space, which is, you know, what would be the hardest challenge in this year? And I think this is a good way to answer that question. But uh, I think, okay, so I actually had a similar conversation with um, the, the head of marketing of one of the luxury brands in Milan. Um, and, you know, we were talking because what they did essentially is create their, they're a shoeware company and, you know, they created 500 pieces of, um, you know, a traditional shoe that they've done, like one of their first editions, but they made it digital and, you know, sold 500 editions of it. And, you know, I remember speaking to him about the same pretty much topic and asking him, you know, yeah, you've entered the space. That's wonderful. But, you know, what, where is the mass adoption? Where are the people? Because, you know, we are kind of the first movers. We are the people that believe in the space. And that's fantastic. And we still, as many people say, and as I truly believe, we are still very early. Um, but when exactly is that going to pick up, right? Like, when are people going to start seeing the true value in digital fashion? But I definitely think that the biggest part of that, right, is the 
hesitation that people face when they look at digital fashion. It's something that they cannot touch. It's something that they cannot, it's not tangible, right? So for them, it's almost like a too big of a leap. And, you know, filters, NFC chips, um, these are things that kind of integrate both of the worlds in a reality that they are more accustomed to. And uh, this is something that the answer that, you know, a friend of mine also gave, he, he was essentially just saying how, at this point in time, people do not trust a 100% digital asset. Um, you know, as people keep migrating into the virtual, yes, potentially that's going to become more value. But what we can do as of right now to make digital fashion more mainstream is better integrate it with the physical, right? And, you know, that's something that I think will better kind of give us an easier step to kind of progress into the digital and actually fully become these digital natives that are leveraging our creativity in the 100% digital world, right? Um, but I just think that as of right now, that leap is too big um, to kind of increase that adoption and make it more mainstream. You can integrate it better with the physical. Thanks, Amina. That was a great answer. And sorry, Raymond, I know you have something to add, but we have just to be mindful of time. And I want to take the last question um, okay. from Mux, Muxa. I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing it's, the it's name Moshe. wrong. Well, Moshe, well, we'll take your question and then, Roman, you can put your, uh, say your uh, uh, May I just add a little bit very shortly to the previous question and then I'll shut up? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go, so, go for so it. So I go. think an important thing that... Uh, uh, many people overlook, in, in my opinion, uh, a next little bit of uh, innovation that might happen to uh, search the mass adoption is brands embracing and adopting uh, the wallets on their website. And that might sound simple, but I do believe that uh, once brands start using uh, wallets as a form of logging in, we really might see a surge in participation. And as a good example, uh, let's say there's a digital uh, NFT of a garment that you've received. A great way to claim it for a physical would be, let's say, through a website of an actual website of the brand uh, logging in from uh, the wallet. It's a simple step, but I think it will definitely build a lot more trust and bring new audiences into participation in the space. Great input. Thanks, Roman. Definitely worth sharing. And yeah, we can go go for the final question now. Hi, it's it's Moisha. Moisha. <laughs> yes, Sorry about that. Word. Don't, don't worry. No worries. Um, um, I actually have two points because what Roman said, I, I do understand. And um, I'll, I'll do his first and then go for the my original question. I do know that it would be fantastic if wallets could be added onto accounts. But when you're talking about uh, across many different countries, many different platforms, and all the new regulations coming in, I'm in the UK, and we are about to get a major uh, regulation uh, on what's going to happen with cryptocurrency, and they're just tying that onto what happened with us with Brexit. So I'd like at some point I'd like to go back to Roman about that, uh, what he how he thinks that that will impact that thought of putting wallets onto your account and having people log in that way. And then my actual question was about the problem with uh, cross-platform problems and 
how that alone impacts the costs and kind of lowers the mass uh, adoption of NFTs. And especially with things like uh, chat GPT uh, now announcing today or last night it was that they are going to start charging. So you're, you're having all of these um, tools that people are using to create or to help them create uh, their products and their NFTs. And other than uh, major companies that have really big budgets, you're looking at small individuals uh, having to find a way to either absorb that cost or pass it on to customers. And, and how do you think things like that, the cost uh, with it, cross-platform is almost impossible for the most part unless you partner with them, which means they're going to be taking a percentage. Uh, AI aids helping you to uh, build your NFTs like ChatGPT, uh, starting to charge more and more and more. Uh, how is that going to impact on mass adoption? And then also uh, Roman's point of uh, the wallets on accounts and with it being so difficult and from country to country, and unless you're limiting yourself just to your country, how do you think that would work? Thank you. I don't know if I can jump in again. I really want to be quick. It was a really great question, a long one. I can comment on one section uh, of it, and that's about the interoperability and the labor, the cost, the investment of, you know, creating different kind of assets for different platforms or even building those bridges or technological partnerships. I do think that there is a, a, a business model for every solution. Um, so I think that really it is about how these platforms can kind of create friendly maintenance costs. Everything, you know, has a maintenance cost. So it's only natural that platforms will start charging for it. Um, like free engagement is always great. It's a wonderful uh, kind of bridge to the platform and accessible approach that they have always some kind of revenue uh, in plan. So I do think that, you know, as technology is advancing, these kind of business models will always adapt, uh, if anything, monthly basis. But um, there has to be something that they charge for. And I think that really understanding the target audience is a big help understanding their budgets what is their you know average monthly spend how much money are they willing to pay for a certain kind of digital engagement is crucial and if you're in that budget and if your business model can facilitate this then i think it is possible uh, scalability really really depends on you know just like monitoring closely how technology is evolving but i do think that there are very clever um, business models that enable um, companies to, to try these new things and experiment with them because without that there will be no advancements where we get to a stage where it's actually a scalable solution and yeah it can still be beneficial for all partners involved so that's my take on the cost uh, kind of efficiency or implications of interoperability Yeah, for, I guess, for my part of question that was addressed to me, I honestly am not uh, fully aware of all the regulations country to country, so I do not think I should answer this question at the moment. I'd like to do some research uh, specifically for the UKs, for instance, 
uh, UK case, sorry. <laughs> and uh, we may speak uh, speak with you uh, after this uh, in some other chat uh, about this uh, when I feel confident. What I've waste basically is an is a general uh, thing, is a general uh, hope for that to be happening and something that might help. But then obviously case to case, there will be some underlying stones that we'll have to tackle in process. But that's where the space will also be leading towards, I believe. Amazing. Thank you for the answers again. Um, we will be wrapping it up soon. However, I see there's one last question from Electron. So I'll let you ask that and then that can be the final question. Hi, guys. Um, calling in from the US, Atlanta, to be exact. Um, and I just wanted to know if there was any kind of ideas around the digital experience. Like I get that NFTs, you know, benefit people that are kind of digital native. But also, I don't want to forget that it's also apparel, you know, and it's something that is wearable. So is utility been extended into physical um, spaces as well? Let's say if part of the utility is to get to go into an event, if you're wearing a garment, does that still hold the same power as a digital item? Love the question. Do any of the speakers want to kick it off? I'm I'm a tiny bit unclear on what the question is because well maybe it's just a technical technological perspective of it. So there are uh, physical clothing items that have NFC tags in them that then kind of uh, enable the owner of the item to register it to kind of tie it to a digital NFT. Um, and then you can scan your physical, for example, if you have a certain code on your sweater or that was the case for Artifacts um, sweater job, I forgot the name of it. Um, uh, but then you can scan it with your phone and then that will kind of, you know, give you the digital information that is tied to that physical item by the NFC chip. So if you do attend a physical event, then it's just a matter of how you do, how do you extract the digital information out of the wearable, the physical item that you're wearing. And that's often done with this NFC technology. Um, and I think it's been really interesting to look at then what does the attendance provide a user. We didn't really talk about co-ops today, proof of attendance protocols. We think that's also a really interesting thing, especially if you mention going to a real life event, because there's often a really nice reward that the attendees can get by going there, by getting this little digital NFT on top of having, you know, the sweater and everything. But it can be also the reverse. So if that variable that they have on themselves uh, allow them to go into that space. So I think there's just like a really interesting double-sidedness to real-life event attendance and how, the, how that can be registered through something physical you wear or through something digital that you get. Uh, but I hope that gave a better understanding of how the NFC technology is often integrated into these physical items. Amazing. Thank you so much, Lily. And yeah, I wish we had more time, but unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap it up here. But thank you so much to DressX for 
hosting this first spaces and obviously thank you to all of our amazing guests for your expertise and of course all of our listeners and the questions it's been really great a great first um session and yeah hopefully we can do it again we plan to do it bi-weekly so yeah defo join us next time and we can continue the conversations so thank you all very much thanks a lot for having us and thanks Thanks a lot most importantly thanks a lot for listening Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.